0: Welcome to the Lift Church Podcast. We believe that Jesus is the greatest lift in life.
1: We're so glad you're here. And wherever you're listening from, we believe that God will give you a lift of encouragement through this message.
0: And I want to finish this week, um, this series, Human. Um by having a, a young man in our church. He's, uh, Ter- many of y'all know our creative director, but he, uh, uh, Terrence Gaines, but he's also more than just that. He doesn't just run our creative team and lead them so well. He's also on our lead team on our staff, and uh, I believe he's got a calling on his life uh, to speak the Word of God, and um, he has done it from time to time in various aspects, and he's always doing such a great job. Well, I asked him if he had anything on this series, Human, and what he started sharing with me i said brother i'm gonna sit down and you're gonna come up here and you're gonna share okay so so i i i'm conceding uh, most of the message time to him because he's got a powerful word that you're gonna want to lean into get out your notes be ready to take notes and please help welcome and show your love Terrence Gaines. come on up here mr terrence come on i'm
1: so excited for another opportunity to, to speak again. And before I get into it uh, this morning, I just want to take a moment to give honor where honor is due. And I just wanted to say to Pastor Drew and to Pastor Lauren, thank you. Uh, thank you all for, for believing in me. Thank you all for giving me a place and a position here in our church. And thank you all for allowing me to get up here to speak this morning. And I just wanted to say my, my life changed in y'all's youth ministry. And I have been growing as a leader. I've been growing as a man. And I've been growing spiritually here in this ministry. And I cannot thank you all enough for the impact that you have had on my life and I just want to take a moment right now collectively as a church to say uh, if your marriage has turned around if your finances have gotten in order if your life has been impacted by the leadership and by the influence by the man and woman of God who lead us who guide us and who shepherd us can we take a moment to honor and celebrate them today come on and I know I speak for many right now in this moment when I say thank you thank you Thank you. But I want to go ahead and get right into today's talk. And today we are in week six of a series that we have been calling Human. And over the past five weeks, Pastor Drew has been taking us on this journey of showing us how we're so broken, showing us how we're so lost, and also showing us how we're still so loved by God. And if you missed the first five weeks, I'll help catch you up to speed a little bit. In week one, we talked about the origins of humanity, why we were created, and what our intended purpose here on the earth as human beings is. And week two, we took a look at what happened in the Garden of Eden and what happened between Adam and Eve and why. Satan is always creating plans to attack God's prized creation, which is us, human beings. In week 3 it was Easter Sunday and we celebrated our risen savior and it's always one of my favorite times of the year. And Pastor Drew he he posed this question to us in week 3. He said, "What's in it for him?" Like like why would God send his one and only son to come down from heaven to die here on the earth for us mere human beings? And then in week 4 we talked about moving immovable mountains and how our words hold weight and how there's power in the words that we speak and how we have the ability to speak life despite whatever season we might find ourselves in. And then last week in week five, we talked about demon spirits. Do demons actually exist? And something I've found is that oftentimes when people hear the word church and demons in the same sentence, people start thinking the craziest and the most outlandish things. But Pastor Drew, he really broke it down in a real and a practical way for all of us to grasp last week. And then today, here in week six, we are going to talk about and touch on the topic of forgiveness. And and when it comes to forgiveness, we we often hear things like forgive and forget. Uh, There is no love without forgiveness or or how can our father in heaven forgive us of our sins if we don't forgive our brother or sister who sinned against us but but today i want to touch on something that i believe many of us often overlook when it comes to the forgiveness process and that is our inability to forgive ourselves for any pain for any hurt or for any drama that we have caused in the lives of the people around us, or that we have caused in the lives of the people who used to be prevalent in our life. And I truly believe that a critical part of the healing and moving on process will be our ability to forgive ourselves. So if you have your Bibles, you can follow me to Matthew chapter 27, uh, verses three through five. Again, Matthew chapter 27, verses three through five. And I'll be reading out of the New Living Translation. And the Bible says in verse three, it says, when Judas, Who had betrayed him realized that Jesus had been condemned to die. He was filled with remorse. Now, I want to stop right there for a second to say this. When it comes to forgiveness, if we want people to actually believe that we are sorry for the things that we've done, we probably need to show some remorse along the way, because any apology without remorse is just disingenuous. And look at what the Bible says in Matthew chapter 26, verse 75. It says, suddenly, Jesus's words flashed through Peter's mind. Before the rooster crows, you will deny three times that you even know me. And he went away doing what? Peter went away, weeping bitterly. So, what did Peter do? Peter showed remorse for the actions that he committed. Now, let's pick back up in verse three with Judas. And it says in verse three, it says, so he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priest and the elders. Verse four, I have sinned, he declared, for I have betrayed an innocent man. What do we care? They retorted, that's your problem. Verse five, then Judas threw the silver coins down in the temple and went out and hanged himself. And I wanna preach a talk to you all this morning that I have entitled, Stop Hanging Yourself. Yep stop hanging yourself. Let's pray. Father God, we're grateful. We're thankful for what you've been doing in this experience. God, I ask that you would continue to move upon each and every one of our hearts. Father, I ask that all guilt, all shame, remorse, and regret would be cast off your people. Father, I pray that we we all could come to the understanding of knowing that we can be washed clean by the innocent blood of the lamb that was shed for us on Calvary. Father, and it's my hope and it's my prayer that none of us leave out of this place the same way that we walked in. It's in the matchless name of Jesus, I pray. And the church said, amen and amen. Well, I'm not sure if many of y'all know this, but um, I didn't grow up in the church. Uh, I gave my life to the Lord when I was 16 years old and I'm 22 now. So for the past six years, this is this is all my life has been is Sunday mornings, Wednesday nights, church conferences, church events. And something I've discovered uh, over my past six years while being in the church is that it is so easy for us as believers. And it's not not just us as believers, but it is so easy for us as people to point out and to notice everyone else's failures and flaws. Like like It would be so easy for you right now to go, that person sitting next to me, they're definitely broken. My my coworker is definitely lost and my family for sure needs the love of God. But I wanna help undo all of that today and help us realize that at the end of the day, we're all human. Like, Like at the end of the day, we're all broken we're all lost and we all need the love of God. And that's part of the reason why I chose this story of Judas because many of us, when we hear this story, we'll start saying and thinking things like, I I would never do what Judas did. I I would never, Judas betrayed Jesus. I would never sell the savior of the world for 30 pieces of silver. And again, like I just said, it is so easy for us to point out and to notice everyone else's failures and flaws, But but I need you to realize that whether you understand it or not, you're just as broken as Judas was. You're, you're just as lost as Judas was, and you need the love of God just as much as Judas did. So, this morning, I want to share three quick steps—three uh, quick steps that I believe we all can take when it comes to forgiving ourselves. And hopefully, by the end of this, we'll all—we'll all come to the realization that we don't have to hang ourselves like Judas did. So, for everyone taking notes, and I would encourage everyone take notes. Uh, so, for everyone taking notes, my first step today is go to God first. Go to God first. And the question I kept asking myself as I was preparing for this talk was, was why in the world would Judas run to Caiaphas? And for those of you who don't know, Caiaphas was one of the high priests at the time. So I just kept asking myself over and over, why would Judas run to Caiaphas? And what it say in verse three, it said, he took the 30 pieces of silver back to the leading priests and the elders. So instead of running to Jesus, Judas ran to the one who charged Jesus with blasphemy. Instead of running to Jesus, Judas ran to the one who sent Jesus to Pilate. And here's two questions I want to ask everyone today. And they're rhetorical, so don't answer back. Question number one, who are you running towards? Question number two, what are you running towards? Who are you running towards? And what are you running towards? And again, many of us will hear this story of Judas and say, I would never do what Judas did. And you don't even realize that you've been running to Caiaphas yourself. Like, Terrence, what are you talking about? I'm talking about. That bottle you drink every night after work because you've been telling yourself that that's the only way you can settle down, Caiaphas. I- I'm talking about the blunt you keep smoking day after day after day because you've been, led to be- you've been led to believe that that's the only way you can find peace, Caiaphas. I'm talking about the women that you've been talking to and sleeping with outside of the covenant of your marriage because you've convinced yourself for whatever reason that there's more satisfaction there. Caiaphas. And come on, I'm an equal opportunity offender. For you ladies, I'm talking about the beds of the men that you've been sleeping in because you've been trying to find an escape from your problems, Caiaphas. And here's what I've discovered, is that many of us are oftentimes facing issues in life. But instead of dealing with our issues head on, and instead of running to the right source, which is Jesus, we run to all the wrong people, we run to all the wrong substances and we run to all the wrong getaways not realizing that we're only complicating our situations even more so so you went from having your initial problem but because you didn't run to the right source and because you didn't handle it the right way you now have your initial problem and now you also have a dependency on alcohol you you have your initial problem and because you didn't handle it properly, you now also have a soul tie with another man or woman who you didn't have any business messing around with in the first place. You you have your initial problem and now you also have an addiction to drugs. And all I'm trying to do is to help us all understand what Judas failed to realize. Is that all we have to do is go to God first. So, step number 1 is go to God first. Step number 1, go to God first. Step number 2 is learn from it. And if we go back to Matthew chapter 27, verse four, where Judas said, he said, I have sinned for I have betrayed an innocent man. And when I read that verse, I realized that Judas never got the opportunity to learn from his failure because he went ahead and he ended up hanging himself. But, but we can learn from the mistake that Judas made. So we're not walking around doing the same. And, and I was listening to this podcast a few months ago. It's called the Anthony O'Neill podcast. He's, he's a financial guru. He used to work with Dave Ramsey. I love everything that Anthony does. And uh, he had this author on his show. His name's Ryan Ryan and Ryan's an author, he's a speaker, he's a writer, and I love everything Ryan does as well. And they were talking about Ryan's book, Chasing Failure. And the book is all about how falling and failing short sets us up for success. And I've read it twice. I would highly encourage y'all check that book out. And so Anthony, he had Ryan on his show and they were talking about his book, Chasing Failure. And Ryan Leek said something that has stuck with me since I listened to that podcast episode back in August of last year. And Ryan, as the show went on, he went ahead to say, our biggest failure will be failing to learn from our failures. Let me say that again. Ryan said our biggest failure will be failing to learn from our failures. So, for example, your your biggest failure is not the fact that you don't have $400 in a savings account for when an emergency pops up. I would go ahead to say that your biggest failure is the fact that you can't identify why you can't stop eating out every night of the week. Your, Your biggest failure is not the fact that you don't have a relationship with your children. Your biggest failure is the fact that you can't realize that every time your children come around, you're always complaining and you never support anything they do. And I found that so many of us have been walking around living defeated, and we've been hanging ourselves up over businesses that haven't taken off how we expected them to, uh, over relationships that, that didn't work because the person said we had a quick temper, we had a bad attitude, or that, or that we were too selfish. When, when, and I'm here to tell you that all you have, I'm, I'm here to tell you that your biggest failure is not the fact that those things haven't worked out on your behalf. Your biggest failure would be failing to learn from your failures, and we've got to stop being so consumed with where we've fallen short when all we have to do is identify where we went wrong in a previous season so we're not going ahead and doing the same in the next. Does that make sense? All right, so step number two, let's learn from it. And that leads me to my third and my final step for this morning, which is remember who you are. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 26, verses 20 through 21, it says, when it was evening, Jesus sat down at the table with the twelve. And while they were eating, he said, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. And if there is one thing that I wish Judas would have realized, I wish Judas would have realized that, that God was not surprised by his shortcomings. Like Jesus literally told the 12 disciples that he knew one of them were going to betray him. And the same goes for us. God is not surprised by our mistakes, God is not surprised by our sin, and God is not surprised when we fall short of his glory. And the reason I say we have to remember who we are is because I have found that there is nothing that the enemy loves more than for the people of God to be walking around living defeated. He wants us to keep our heads hung low and he wants us holding on to guilt and shame so we're not living in the fullness of joy that God has intended for our lives. And as I close, I think many of us need to be reminded of what the scripture says when it says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. Come on, I said, Who the sun sets free is free indeed. And if no one's told you, I'm here to tell you this morning that you're not what you did you're not what you watched you're not how you acted you're not how you spoke to them and yes you might have sinned and fell short yes you might have been caught cheating yes there might have been a few falling outs but you are still who God says you are and I wonder if there's anyone in the room this morning who would say I'm no longer going to define myself by my failures and by my flaws because I'm reminding myself about what God says about me and even though it doesn't feel like it I'm going to speak it anyway I am above and not beneath I am blessed I am called I am fearfully and wonderfully made in the image of my father I am more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus who will give me strength to do all things I am the righteousness of God I'm not what I did I'm not what I said I'm not how I treated them I am who God says I am and lift church I need you to understand that that is who you are and that even though we're broken and even though we're lost we are still so madly loved by God thank y'all
0: oh Just trying to fan him from here Try to there's Sapphire on the pulpit. <laughs> Come on, that is such a good word. Can I know he would appreciate it if we give it up for the Lord right now. his word so good his word is so true and 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 when he was sharing that with me earlier this week i was like come on terrence you got to share that because the, the the enemy wants to exploit unforgiveness and what he loves is when we can't even forgive ourselves come on the, jesus told us that we got to learn to love our neighbor as ourselves but if we're not very good at loving ourselves we're not very good at loving our neighbors either and so i'm so grateful for that word i, I I, when I heard it, I, I said, "I I truly believe that Judas's plot could have been different had he taken it to the right source. He had the same remorse Peter did, and and and." Um, 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 Terrence pointed that out for us, that Peter, too, failed Jesus on his last day. He, he, he failed him miserably. But um, one had an encounter with Jesus, and he was redeemed and restored. And the other one, while he did a foolish thing, I believe he, he didn't have to hang himself. And, and, and the same thing can be true for us, that we got to quit hanging ourselves. we gotta quit, We got to quit tearing ourselves up. And, and I want to share a few ways that you can do that three, three things to be aware of when I first come out of the scripture that most of us can, can, um, uh, Remember that that uh, the apostle Paul shared. He went on a, a, a spoken tangent on what love is, and he dropped sixteen different things of what love is. Some of y'all can rattle off the first three or four with me, and then we'll mumble off and tailor off as we just come on. Say it with me: Love is patient. Love is kind. Love. Come on, listen to the scholars up in here. Keep going. Yeah, I learned y'all's secret, because in the first experience, I was like, you guys are crushing it. You guys know way more of it, and then I realized they had the whole scripture up on the screen behind me, and they didn't help y'all out. Did they help y'all out this morning? No, put it up there and help them out right now. Come on, there it is. Come on, I was so impressed by the 830. I'm telling you, I was dapping them up. I, just, I was like, come on, you guys are crushing it. And then I realized they were just reading. They were just reading. <laughs> Let me share with you one I want to focus on today. Love is the last part. It keeps no record of wrongs. And Paul continues on. But for today, we need to hear that and realize forgiveness is a part of what love does. And the Bible says that God is love. And God is not looking to keep your wrongs on record in front of us. Some of us have the opinion that I once did that God loves to keep our list like a Santa Claus list where I got all your naughties right here and I can't wait to have a chat with you about it. But the Bible says that God is love and he keeps no record of wrong for those who ask God for forgiveness. So we're, we're learning the value and the importance and the absolute treasure of a habitual practice that Christians should have in their regular life. And that is forgiveness. Tell somebody forgiveness. <laughs> I don't know why I turned it into two words. Forgive me. I heard you trying to forgive Yes, thanks, Pastor. (laughs) Here's three things I need you to be aware of. It follows the same theme that I have shared all um, uh, uh, human series long for six weeks. There's three consistent themes, but I want to specify them to the theme of forgiveness right now. Three things that you need to be aware of. Number one, human brokenness means the need for forgiveness is inevitable. You are human. Try as hard as you might. You're going to fall short. You're going to let someone down. You're going to fail to keep your word. Come on, I love mothers, and I want to celebrate Mother's Day because they are amazing. And and everything that I remember of my mother is just how hard she tried, how much she surrendered, how much she sacrificed, how much she loved and cared. But at the end of the day, she let me down times, times and again. Come on, the mothers in your house, the parents in the house, you know. Come on, I, I screwed up again. I fell short again. I, I, anyone who's married knows you go, You're going to fall short. You're not always going to get it right to the boss's expectation. You're not always not going to see the red and blue lights behind your car because you broke traffic rules, too. Come, I'm telling you. Any amens on that? None of y'all have been pulled over. Okay, I see. I see. What I'm saying is we are human. And ever since Adam and Eve failed in the garden, That brokenness has been passed down and we know it, which means forgiveness has to be habitual for us. Forgiveness has to be a very regular, sometimes more frequent than I wish it was practiced in our lives. It needs to be forgiveness towards God. It needs to be forgiveness towards myself. It needs to be forgiveness towards my spouse. Forgiveness towards my kids. My kids need to learn that as a Christian daddy it's not that my daddy's a pastor and a Christian and so he's blissful 100% of the time and he gets it all right. If they thought if you thought they'd say that I'd give them the mic and say tell them about daddy (laughs) that's not what they tell you I get it wrong I, I screw up I, I, I was too forceful with my, my volume. My tone was not exactly right. And so what they need to see is instead that when daddy gets it wrong, he's going to come back and he's going to ask for forgiveness. When daddy gets it wrong towards mommy, he's going to ask for forgiveness. I, I need the people around me to know that I'm while I'm not perfect, God can give me perfection as I come to him and ask for forgiveness. But in... Uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? At some point, I'm going to screw it up. And what I want those around me to know is that Drew speaks with God. And God will call him to forgiveness. If you haven't asked for forgiveness in a while, you're either holier than thou, you have a pride issue, or you're lying to yourself because you and I are human. Some people have come to me and said, Pastor Drew, I want to give my life to Jesus Christ. I thought I had, but I just keep making the same mistakes, and I would say this, that the Holy Spirit is making you more aware of the mistakes that you once were blindfolded to, you once overlooked, and so this is good news because I actually found in my early days with Jesus, I was asking for forgiveness way more often than I wanted to. God, I didn't know I spoke like that. God, forgive me for the way I just talked to them. God, forgive me for the way I just look father would you forgive me for doing this again and what I found was through repentance he was working out my salvation not through immediate um, most things were not immediate sanctification though he can do that a lot of them he worked out through the through the practice of repentance we as Christians have to be realizing that as humans you better get used to asking for forgiveness if you're going to walk with God. Luke 17 one said, Jesus said to his disciples, things that cause people to stumble are bound to come. It's going to happen. You just need to be aware of it. In fact, write this down. Christians aren't people who never sin. They are people who repent when they do. Okay, write this down. This is going to help you forgive yourself for a lot of things. Christians aren't people who never sin. They are people who repent when they do. We got to be regular people who go to God first... Then he forgives you, and then you can forgive yourself, and it will lead to forgiveness of others as well. You get the path. Go to God first. Don't go to Caiaphas. Don't go to the bottle. Don't go to social media. Don't go to the person who makes things feel better about myself. Oh, girl, I do that too. Don't even worry about that. You don't owe them a forgiveness. You don't owe them anything, girl. They've been doing this. Come on, guy. Come on. You don't know nobody. No, 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 no. Go to Jesus. And let him guide us. Number two, the attack of Satan, which is against uh, humans, is to exploit unforgiveness. Satan loves unforgiveness. It's one of his favorite tools in his toolbox. Because when hurting humans hurt other humans, he laughs because it hurts God too. It causes divisions. It causes uh, us to hurt one another. And we do the work for him when we choose to hold people hostage. Because I got him this time. I like where they're on the ropes now. Come on. They're going to feel this one. The silent treatment, I'm here to say, has gone long enough. That is not the tool of God. That is the tool of the enemy who loves to steal, kill, destroy, divide, and conquer. Don't play me a pad. Play me an organ. I'm feeling it up in here. We need a. <laughs> I'm totally throwing him off guard. Oh, there we go. Hey, who was that? Trying... Okay. Anyway. <laughs> Thank you, Jordy. That entertains me and no one else. Do you understand that offense is inevitable, which means Satan will stoke the flames of pride and exploit unforgiveness? It's not the voice of God, but I believe it's the voice of the enemy who says, He hurt you. Or she deserves it. Or did you see what they did? Or maybe if they had done things better, they wouldn't be in this position. So they, uh, they got what was coming to them. I don't think that's the voice of God who didn't say that about you and my sin. They did it to themselves. Let them suffer. It's not what he did. He sent his one, his best, and his only son, Jesus Christ, to die for us. And so Jesus once told a parable. He said, somebody, uh, Peter, his close one, came to him and he said, hey, how many times do I need to forgive? Like seven? Can we make this mathematical? Can we figure this out? And Jesus said, let me answer that instead with a story. There was a man who owed more than he could ever pay back to the king. And he went to the king, and he said, uh, the king said, put this man in jail, put his wife in jail, put his kids in jail until he could pay it all back. And the man pleaded, give me more time, help me, I'll pay it all back. And the king, moved by grace, said, moved by mercy, said, I forgive you of your entire debt. No sooner did he let left the court of judgment was he on his way home where he found a man who owed him a couple hundred bucks and he grabbed the man by his shirt uh near his neck and he said give me my money back you owe me right now you you tell me you're always going to pay for it but today is the day it's come due give me my money back and the man pleaded come on i know i owe you but give me more time and he said no your time's up and he said lock this man up and jesus said when the king found out how the forgiven debtor treated another unforgiven debtor. He said, you wicked person. You have been forgiven the greatest debt of all you could never pay for even in your own lifetime. And you won't forgive somebody for a couple hundred bucks. I'm not minimizing that what people did to you is okay. And I'm not saying that um, we need to make small of it. But compared to the sin you and I have done in our lifetime and what Jesus was willing to forgive us for, we owe it to him to say I'm no longer going to team up with the enemy who says silent treatment, they going to feel it. We owe it to look to forgiveness. And finally, number three, it's the love of God that always seeks to reconcile come on we've talked about human brokenness attack of satan but the love of god always seeks to reconcile i love that the apostle paul gets real pastoral with the corinthian church and so let me echo his words as he's talking to the corinthian church as a pastor and he says this i'm not overstating it when i say that the man who caused all the trouble hurt all of you more than he hurt me most of you opposed them, and that was punishment enough. I get you. I understand why you silent treated them. I understand why you made sure that they felt it. Now, however, read these next three words with me. It is time. Listen to Paul. He didn't say, hang him on a rope forever. He said, it is time to forgive and comfort him. Why? He goes on to say in verse 11, so that Satan will not outsmart us. For we are familiar with his evil schemes. Come on, if you don't want to be toyed with by the devil, you've got to understand unforgiveness is one of his playhouses. He loves to have a foothold in your life through an unforgiveness where you justly can hold someone in contempt. But as the pastor, apostle Paul said, it is time lest the devil have too much outsmarting of you, not them. He was saying, you need it. you got to forgive them. And so, what do I want you to do with this? Number one, I want you to forgive yourself. Stop hanging yourself. If Jesus died to forgive you, and if your sin is as far as the east is from the west, then how about you let yourself be forgiven of the sin that he's already separated infinitely. Stop hanging yourself. Number two, let someone else off the hook. I believe the Holy Spirit might want to speak to some today that as we get freedom. um, I I ran into a member of our church, Linda Moore. Maybe some of you have met her, but she came up to me one day and she said, Pastor Drew, I make cards from scratch, homemade cards. And uh, she said, "I, I just want... If there's ever a time that the Lord could use me in in, in this ministry, it's it's a small ministry I do, but I feel like i got to do it for the Lord. If He could ever use me, would you let me know? And I said, actually, at the end of this series, the Lord's put it on my heart to talk about forgiveness. Would you make a lot of cards, handmade, that you could offer us, for those of us who are in the house right now and the Holy Spirit says it's time to forgive someone, Or it's time to ask for forgiveness from someone.
1: We want to make it as
0: easy as possible. On your way out, there are a bunch of free cards that she provided for us. That you can take one of these. They're blank on the inside. Write a letter of forgiveness or asking for forgiveness, let somebody off the hook today, and, and, and just stick it in the mail or hand it to them. We're trying to make it as easy as possible so that the enemy will get no more foothold in your life. Can I get an amen? If that sounds like a good idea, and you'll respond, would you hand clap right now? And say, come on, I, I, I could do that. I don't really like it, but I can do it. Can I pray for you? Father, I thank you for this series that has touched so many people's lives. And this series is not possible without the love of Jesus Christ. For it's easy to say, I would be your last pick. There's no doubt about it. (laughs) Broken, scarred we know that we fall short, and yet you're still in love with us. Father, the enemy has toyed with us for too long, but Father, we thank you that through Jesus Christ and his blood, there is freedom, and it was for freedom that he set us free. And so I thank you for the word that came from Terrence today, and right now I pray that we are able to forgive ourselves. Put your hand over your heart right now. Maybe you need to put your hand over your mind right now. Wherever it is that the enemy targets you and tells you you're screw-up. I'm speaking to some who might naturally be pessimists. You have a list so long in your own world on how, how messed up you are, how much of a last pick you would be, how broken you are, how screwed up you are, how you've made so many mistakes. And I want to say, take it to God right now. And if you ask Him to forgive you, He he separates it from you as far as the east is from the west. Father, help us forgive ourselves. Then, Father, with that newfound freedom, help us to make a difference in the world we live in and an impact. And one of the ways you expect us to do that is releasing others. His word says this, that if you're in worship and you're, if you're in a church service and the, it has been revealed to you that someone has a debt against you, leave your place of worship, go get it right with that person, then come back. We tried to make it easy. Go today. Grab a card, make it right, then come back and worship an extended time of worship. Whoa, come on, that looks better planned than we could have imagined. God, you make us look good. It's because you want us to be free. So, Father, help us not only get freedom for ourselves, but to get freedom for our neighbors. And do things that might be very hard for us to do. In Jesus' name, we put the results in your hands. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. Amen before you lift up your eyes before we move um, there's some of you in here who just know that I need to give forgiveness right with God maybe you've ask God to forgive you a time or two, maybe you're like me who just uh, did a lot of stupid things, did things that were called sin, and, and, you, and you tried to do good things to outweigh the bad things, or every once in a while you try to drop a prayer so that you could try to stay in proximity with God, but you haven't given Him your whole life yet. Maybe you've given him one sin here or there. Maybe you've had a moment with him here or there. But you know, as I know, that your life is not right with him. You've not given him your wholeness. If you're in this place, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call you down. I'm not even going to call you out with no one looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, between you and God. If you know today is the day that he is moving on my heart, that I need to give him my whole life. Come on, I'm going all in. Would you just throw your hand high up into the air right now? Yes, come on, I see you. Yes, I see you. Thank you so much for your courage. Yes, I see you. Thank you so much for your online. You too, come on. If that's you, just write in the chat. I'm in. I'm all in. Come on, it's time to stop having one foot in and one foot out. It's time to go all in because Jesus died to forgive you not just of one sin, but all of them. And so come on right now, church, let's pray out loud with them. Everybody together, especially those who raised their hands, say, Jesus, I give you my life. I'm so sorry for the sin I've committed. Sorry for the way I've hurt you. And I've heard others. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. Thank you for dying for my sin on the cross. You paid the ultimate price I deserved so that I could be free. I am a new person because of what you have done. The old is gone. The new has come. And I want to live all of my days glorifying you. Come be Lord in my life as I glorify you. In Jesus' name I pray. And the church said, amen. Come on and celebrate some people who've been set free.